What is going on, everybody? This is episode 156 of Pop Culture Crisis, a very special not live edition of Pop Culture Crisis this Friday afternoon. Uh, my name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. It's rather lonely not having you here in the live chat. It's not going to lie. It is very sad. Uh, but we're going to make it through. We are. And the uh, guest host we have for this lonely episode, introduce <laughs> yourself, sir. Hello, everyone. My name is Dane Font, marketing man extraordinaire, and the patron saint of White Boy Summer. Does um the, do the patron saints have like specific statues dedicated to them, like uh, in in church? Like, well, yeah, yeah. not always, but we, well, we, have we do need a statue of Dane if that's what you're getting at. Like, look at that pose right there. I, we could. He's very stoic. Carved out of uh, boulder and marble, it would be fantastic. See, my, my preference would be this pose. I, it looks very or this one. Okay, that I like that one better. You like that one better? Yeah. The first one looked like it was one from the Stoics. Like he was trying to. He's like uh, he's going to be an. Uh, who's the main? That Aquinas was Aquinas considered a Stoic? No. The Stoics came before Aquinas, Aquinas because yeah. he was medieval. Okay. Um, the Stoics were Greek. Perfect. Well, we got that. We got Dane as the patron saint of White Boy Summer here to join us in this special episode. We're going to talk about a couple of special things today. I'm going to bring up uh, video games, sexualization, uh, and how we feel like we're in another moral panic, very similar to the violence in video games stuff that was very big in the 90s. I have an article here that we're going to run through. Dane's going to have his own unique insights being the gamer of the, the main gamer of the group. We're going to talk about um, uh, another one of Dane's specialties, which is marketing, and that's uh, marketing gone wrong for the the Minions movie at theaters in the UK. That's definitely my specialty. The, the market, <laughs> marketing gone wrong? Correct. Perfect. We're going to do that, and then Dane has another one he wants to talk about with Bethesda, so we're going to do that. We got some stuff for Podluck. So if you, lady and gentlemen, mm -hmm. are ready, we will just get started. Are we ready? I, yes, I am so ready for this special Dane episode. Dane, are we ready? I am Dane, thus I am ready. All right. Well, then we will get right into it. So it says... Uh, studio, uh, study finds video games with sexualized content do not cause misogynistic attitudes or body image issues. Now, before we get started, I want to point out that one of the easiest things to do in the world is lie with statistics. Uh, Bill Gates has proved that. Especially pop psychology, yeah. which you can do based on surveys. Yep. And, and the person who did this, uh, the, uh, in this article, the person who ran these studies is the same guy who did the violence and video game stuff in the 90s. But I think there's a good amount of validity to a lot of this, and I think a lot of it ends up being a lot of whataboutism. But we'll go through it. So it says, uh, according to results of a recent study, psychologists have found that evidence is weak that sexualized video games influence player attitudes and behavior. Uh, do you guys know, for instance, like... Uh, at what age do we start to kind of uh, fall into those roles of how we're going to be towards the opposite sex? It would be far, uh, probably, would it be around the same time as when you're getting into these types of video games? I mean, it obviously, like, starts at birth because your parents are your first models for how, like, gender dynamics work yeah. and how you're supposed to interact with the opposite sex. But... Um, the media that we consume is so much more prevalent than previous generations and like kids are getting parented in a way by the media they consume. We talk a lot about like parental controls on Netflix and, yeah. and stuff like like they're like it's basically like your parents are using your Netflix and your YouTube as a way of co-parenting with them when they've got other stuff to do. And I don't know if do video Dan, do you think that video games fall in that same category? Uh, I think. Maybe like when when I'm a father, it it, it would be yeah. because like I'm 
I would be cognizant of like what the video games or like the companies would entail. But like to to your normal like boomer parent that calls everything a Nintendo, no, <laughs> like they have no idea. They uh, as like our favorite beanie boss says, like parents dislike their children very much. Yeah. And like from from what I'm noticing is like they'll do anything like not to spend time with them, which is uh, really sad. Like uh, I imagine for anybody who actually like uh, as I get older, the idea of family and what family means and having a family, which becomes much more of like a concern than it ever was for me in my 20s, as cliche as that may be. You know, like what we were talking yesterday about like how I kind of came to the realization that you're going to have to homeschool your kids these days, like with the way the school system is. And just the kind of those realizations to me shows you how little people actually, you know, the average person, I think, actually pays attention uh, to what's going on in their kids life. And sometimes not even through you, you might say through fault of their own, but just the way the world is designed now yeah. where both parents have to work. And I don't I hate when people say it's your fault if your kid comes across like harmful content online because I, I agree with you it's like completely out of their control yes like they should uh exercise as much discretion in what their kids are exposed to as they possibly can but ultimately like i think we're finding that's still not enough and because the media is too co too prevalent and there's too much of it you it's have to pay as like equally as much attention to what you're modeling to your kids uh as parents in your day-to-day -day interactions as uh, like the interactions that they view on a screen. Yeah. I think it's like an impossible standard like right now because like when, when I was growing up, like the expectation was that I was a certain age, thus certain topics were, let's say like above my understanding or like above like what I should be like knowing that. I mean, in, in culture in general, like that belief has been completely discarded. Like, this is like a niche group that like still holds that belief, but like it is very much niche to like current society. Like the every every cartoon is sexualized, video games are sexualized. Teachers like insist of sexualizing students and talking about their own personal. Yeah, at the like, very least, talking about bringing up their own uh, personal lives in school. Yeah, since they're like four, never made sense when I was. That never happened when I was when I was a kid. Me neither. I'm gonna go a little bit into the article here. So it says uh, set to have its results published in October 2022 edition of the. Uh, journal computer of of the journal computers in human behavior under the title does sexualization in video games cause harm in players a meta analytic examination the recent study sought to address the oft touted claims of the perpetually offended such as disgraced critic Anita Sarkeesian and numerous gaming journalists uh, and answer the question of whether video games with sexualized content do or do not relate to mental health or body image problems in players and or sexualization in hostility towards women. I really having a hard time with sexualization today. Sexualization. Sorry. Sexualization. So uh, what's funny about that, not funny, but like there's so many ways in which we're exposed to that type of content that video, like would you really be able to pinpoint it as that's the only thing that's causing your kid to behave that way? Right, because sexualization is being saturated in all content for kids right now, yep. uh, regardless, like because no topic is off limits at this point. Yep. Um, and YouTube is like one of the biggest offenders in that way that like we literally have AI generated kids entertainment yep. on YouTube that's allowed to go up that has violent themes and sexual themes and uh, like disturbing imagery. I like to give my hypothesis as to why that despite the fact that they're like women are 
I don't want to say like overtly sexualized, but like without a doubt sexualized in, in the games and why it wouldn't cause misogynistic attitudes. Okay. Okay. Body image issues, like, I, I don't know, honestly. And like, I think that Instagram is like such a stark competition in terms of like what actually causes body issues that I think, you know, females that play video games are about like a drop in the ocean. Yeah. Well, and like, I'm somebody who like my Instagram feed is filled with like gym bros and girls like that would give anybody body image issues if you don't have right. uh, the time to go to the gym uh, every day of the week uh, for two hours a day. So it's, it's not just video games. Right. It's on every level of our society now. Correct. But like my, my theory as to why it doesn't cause misogynistic attitudes is because despite being sexually attractive, these people are not one dimensional. And typically they are the, the protagonist of the story and thus they're not morally reprehensible people. So usually it's like attractive female characters who are both moral and likable and thus, you know, it's like a moral, moral likable person that just ho so happens to be sexually attractive. Yeah. So I, that's why I think, you know, that so it, you think it really that they're, doesn't. They, they, it appeals to them for more than just that reason. They just happen to also be attractive. And if that's true, that would exactly counteract, I don't know if I can say this on YouTube, but like the Madonna whore complex because, uh, well, which... Uh, theorizes that men can only see a woman as a Madonna who is like morally virtuous and therefore non-sexual yeah. or a whore who is just entirely deviant and, and is of a sexual nature and that's completely one-dimensional on both sides. I mean, according to history books and like past, you know, images that, that have been taken by photography, by drawing, women were both attractive and not disgusting morally mm -hmm. and so like the fact that now it's like it's somewhat rare <laughs> it, it like it, it doesn't mean that it's like impossible to um, be both and like obviously I'm, I'm speaking in jest today and being a little edgy boy but like you know like that isn't that like insanely condescending towards men that we like if if someone is beautiful before me like i i, I cannot evaluate anything else beside them i can't evaluate their morals i can't evalu evaluate their intellect i can't evaluate you know their general upstanding like contribution to society it's that it's expects less of of the player you being the example here um but what do you think of one of the picture examples here is from final fantasy 14 mm -hmm. uh did you play that yeah and in this example do you think that these characters were like not one dimensional and they were they had like their own stories therefore it wasn't um so i'm trying to look for it wasn't like reducing them to it's the second picture down uh, third picture down from the top the third the, the, the one i'm final getting Fantasy is 14. dragon quest uh which is the one i see i don't see final fantasy 14 oh there uh, there i go so actually these are probably like player generated characters so like I wouldn't know, but for example, um, the I, I can speak to the games that I have played, and I, Final Fantasy VII is a game that we referenced here. Yeah. If you keep scrolling downwards, the the character that's referenced there is Tifa Lockhart, and you know, she is a very 
like, I feel like some people, what 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 do the people call it? Like Mary Sue or something? Mary yeah, Sue, that's a, yeah. That's a, uh doesn't need training to become the best at everything. Right. Yeah. I I think she is like far from Flawless. that yeah. because they they speak of her like her like martial arts background. Uh, in in the context of the game, like she is the protagonist's like childhood friend, and her childhood friend is like literally going through a manic episode, and she's trying to like both manage him, like, and and his episodes and like integrate him back into society. So it's like she is both stunning to the eyes and a good person, yeah. you know, and so. But again, there's other examples where. They are intentionally sexualized characters, like the the character that's in in the top of the article. That's called she's like Mai Shinonui, and she is meant to like represent like a type of ninja whose battle style is to be distracting with her overt sexuality. So like, and it's it's she's more like of a typical like submissive like marriage crazy. You know, like stereotype, like ancient Asian, I guess, like stereotype uh, woman, but it is to fit her already like very stereotypical role. So in in those cases, like yeah, you know, they're so cartoonish that you you kind of like separate, like you know that this is a character that will not exist like within nature, or like would rarely exist within nature. But well, like, it fits in a fictionalized world, but right. as far, it's not something you expect to come across in the real world. It's not. It's a. It's a. It's a product of storytelling, Correct. not of not of the real world. Whereas Tifa is like a far more complex character that just so happens to be attractive. So I'm going to read a little bit more of it, and we'll get to, uh, just because I want to get into the bullet points of what they're talking about here. So it says, conducted by Christopher J. Ferguson, perhaps best known for his work debunking the similar claims that violent video games inspire violent behavior. James D. Sauer. Uh, Aaron Drummond, Julia Neer, uh, and Emily Lowe. Uh, the study explored the degree to which sexualization in, vi- in games was related to both, to both well-being, body dissatisfaction, and sexism misogyny among players in two separate meta-analysis. In doing so, the team reportedly found that the sexualization in games was neither related to well-being, body dissatisfaction, nor sexism slash misogyny. Better designed studies and those that showed less evidence for researcher expectancy of effects for sexism and misogyny outcomes tended to to find less evidence for effects, they explained. It says, uh, as it appears commonly in other realms of media effects, the evidence is weak that sexualized games influence players' attitudes behaviors. Psychology-centric news outlet SciPost explains that these conclusions were derived from a meta-analysis of 18 other studies, all measuring the results of exposure of exposing a subject to video games both featuring and lacking sexualized content. 15 of these measured aggression towards women along with sexist attitudes, while 10 measured factors including uh, involved with depression, body image, or anxiety. So those are kind of two separate things that they're going through here. Whether we're talking about... Um, uh, you're talking about body image issues that it might present towards women. This is talking about sexist attitudes that would be more, I guess, I, I'm assuming that would have to do with men, but I guess they could be, I don't know if they're also yeah. testing women here to see if they develop their own sexist attitudes towards other women. My, my, my so my analysis of this is that in, in most of the examples that I'm seeing, 
like these characters that are being sexualized are being sexualized to a point where it's like so outlandishly cartoonish that in in nature you would not meet these people mm-hmm. and it it really just goes to serve that you know it's it's a game and they're having fun and usually it's from typically like more like japanese developers they yeah. they, they don't have like the same yeah. proclivities that that we have towards we have a very these western a very western influence to how we look at these things and and uh, in fairness like in some cases for good and in some cases for bad like for ex- like for example like uh armika that is like a street fighter character she's like kind of like overt sexual point to like where it's like somewhat tasteless but you know i i want to push back on what you're saying and that these are like cartoonish exaggerated uh characters like nothing like anyone you would ever come across in real life because um last week we were talking about uh how tiktok is is causing people to display symptoms of mental illness Mm -hmm. and um tics uh, like that of like Tourette's syndrome and we're seeing that people are not actually interacting with the real world uh as much as they should now that's not that's not our problem and that's not the a problem caused by like video game developers um, which is the main question they're asking here but you're saying it does play a yes and there's a big problem here like in this conversation which i think the title of the study addresses uh because it's asking does sexualization in in video games cause harm in players usually the conversation is do uh video game players cause harm to society (laughs) and it's it's automatically creating uh uh some kind of the, like the the players are the enemies, and then the rest of us are the normal people. Yeah. When like everyone has been poisoned by the same culture. Mm. Okay. Um. And it's not the question isn't being asked generally out of concern for the people playing the game. More out of the desire to demonize them in the yeah. industry itself. Yeah, yeah, and that has its own you know, commercial ends yeah. j- like we've seen from, like and it was the same in the nineties with the, uh, with v- violence in video games. Right. The same questions were being asked. So it says, uh, speaking to side post Ferguson prefaced, I've been studying the effects of video games on players for two decades. Now, most of it on violence. I think most people have come to accept that there's no relationship between violent video games and aggression or violent crime, despite some holdouts, including the American psychological association. However, people still ask a lot of questions about sexualization and whether games either make male male players more sexist towards women or whether women players experience more body dissatisfaction and other well-being concerns, Ferguson dismayed. It's a much smaller research field than the violence field, so we hope to bring some clarity to it. Uh, uh, Overall, the moral panic over video games and sexualization is pretty much following the paint-by-numbers pattern of the video game violence debate, he continued. Lots of hyperbole and moral outrage, but very little evidence that the video games are causing any harm to either male or female players. What's uh, interesting about this is we have now come, like, full circle. Like, I I imagine that the people who are, um, that you're going to get, who are going to be making these complaints will be on the very, very, like, in the 90s, with the video games, it would have been conservative, religious, right-leaning organizations, the same ones that were trying to get 
Harry Potter banned from your schools. Now it is um, the Jezebels and the Voxes, the Slates and the uh, Mary Sues of the world that want to do this because it happens to line up with their feminist ends of their arguments that they're making here. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's weirdly switched. The party switched. Uh, I, <laughs> um, I lost. I have what I hope is a, a fresh take on um, the violence in video games debate and then it's being carried over to sexual content. Um, yeah, violence in video games doesn't make people more violent. I think it makes... And also because uh, people who play video games that aren't mobile games, they're mainly men. Yeah. Uh, we can say, like, violence in video games does not make men more violent. Men are um, more violent, period. I think, I think it makes men less violent. And I think that's probably a bad thing because what you need <laughs> is male violence in a controlled environment. Jordan Peterson would agree with you. And video games, I think, are like leading certain men to believe that they're blowing off steam um, and expressing that urge to roughhouse, to hunt, to mm -hmm. fight in this controlled environment that's on a screen. So you think it's filling But it's need. not satisfying the end that you think it's satisfying, and it's making you... It, it's, it's just suppressing the desire. Fulfilling a need without actually giving you, like, an outcome that's uh, beneficial yeah i think the simulated violence in video okay. games is making men just suppress uh whatever urge they have to like fight and hunt or like let out that steam in a controlled way then is the same thing happening now with the sexualization so, of these characters yeah, is that to doing carry it, with it men over in their in their in the uh in their sexual identity to carry it over that's what i mean is like maybe uh but I feel like every intellectual pursuit is characterized that way. Like the same critiques that uh, you are now giving video game players were once given to people that read a lot of books. Is you know it's like well, what would what would be the the thing that like reading fantasy suppresses in you? If anything, I think it frees something in you. Well, it, it's not more. It's not as much of like what suppresses and like how you let off steam as much as you are spending your time in a way that is not physical. Thus, all, all these like interpretations are made upon you. But I would argue that maybe um, reading a book is superior because uh, you're acting upon a book. And anything that's like digital media, I believe, is acting upon you. There, I think that the, it's very different because one is more interactive, or because uh, because reading a book requires you to put in a lot more mental effort. Absolutely not. Than video games, absolutely not. Like absolutely not. By the way, I am a, li a literature and English major, and my hot take for the year is that uh, reading is the most overrated form of consumption wow. of the, and i and i would put my life behind this like, i mean truly. i don't even believe in mass literacy and i still disagree well fine but like reading is the most <laughs> overrated uh, method of data you know intake videos are far superior and audiobooks are like superior to that of reading if you think it, data intake is the end of reading i mean i don't think it it's is. that an entertainment like what else is there Education. What else is there? 
because no, none of us agree on what the words entertainment or education even signify anymore. Well, le- but between um, us, like I'm sure we like, had a m- closer definition. I think the fact that like reading used to be something ex- exclusive to uh, you know upper class people, and education used to be something only accessible to nobility shows that we placed a very high value on it and it's not for data intake and it's not for diversion only it's for uh edifying your self at the deepest level um and it's it's just when i say reading is requiring a lot more effort from the the reader than video game uh or like digital media video games in general require from the player or the the watcher i i mean that you know there's a bunch of reading in games like you're but my proficiency in english comes exclusively from playing video games yeah i feel like there's maybe too much too much dialogue right there's a lot. There's a lot of it, and and like in old games, like um, there there was no voice acting, so you would have to. read What it. I mean is that it's it's requiring a lot more um, active imagination to not be seeing it in front of you. That's just true. I mean, I think it's a different, in, especially kind. when we're placing so much emphasis on like the insane graphics of this video game. It's like real life when like, and in movies too, like with this CGI mess that that we're seeing like with avatar 2 it's just like the cgi water looks almost real like it's real water when you could have just like recorded water so <laughs> i want to I ask one more question before before we wrap this one up so it says uh obviously we go through these cycles of blaming media for social problems ferguson reminded at least with fictional media the evidence often reveals that we're probably scapegoating media and fiction uh, and fiction rarely causes uh, social problems. Again, to be fair, advocating for better representation of females in games can be a worthy cause, even if the games don't have harmful effects, he concluded. He says, I support those efforts. Uh, I just hope, uh, just hope advocates... Uh, wait. Just hope advocates don't misrepresent... Oh, advocates. advocates. Okay, I was like, advocates. Uh, mi- don't misrepresent the evidence as part of their efforts, which is unfortunately all too common among the adv- advocacy groups. That's what you talked about earlier, that um, uh, basically the idea is that uh, it's the same thing. We're just going through the same thing over again. So I- is this um, is this a, so- a holdout of just the continual growth of social problems in our culture and the breakdown of the family and just the kind of the decline of the West anyway? Why is that where we the, keep the, on the, ending I know. our... Because topic discussions is just that like everything sucks and here's a symptom of it I, because I, art imitates life and life yeah. as, as it is right now is like a constant decline of values and, it, and I'm not trying to make it like depressing I, what as, I hate about this stand. is like this is a conversation that has a potential to actually help people or like mm. show concern for like how our media affects us um, so what would you uh, and it just turns into like some kind of again like a proxy war for like social issues so uh okay then uh, you think that it's something that we could get to like how would they how would you think the media should go about doing that (laughs) i don't know by by virtue of the media we choose to create the media is uh do you mean like uh, the media that covers this or the media the media um, that's being made that is being consumed like uh, I think we can games. all we can all agree that the media that's being covered is going to be covered biased by everyone because everyone has their own uh, interpretation of of these arguments how do you think the the media that's being created could be done 
to better uh, affect change in society? I mean, I hate that the end of, like, creating media at this point is, like, how am I going to affect change in society with this? Like, why does that need to be the end of it when it actually, like, lowers the quality of of the product because you had a preconceived notion of, like, what it can do to the real world? Like... Uh, it's very on the nose and yeah. then it's not it's not creative anymore but like ultimately i don't know if i'm like the best person to speak on that because i don't play video games dane do you think change things or leave them as they are uh i think that as a marketing man i've learned that most people do not know what they want and that is why algorithms are highly successful because they study your behavior and deduce what you want and usually they know better than the person itself that could be a testament to the education system uh on the world as a whole but i think the the way for i think this isn't as much an issue as the media because like we are the media you know like we're media i think it's more of an issue of artists and like how they have to stop trying to appeal to mass ideas and start having to appeal to ideas that are not being conveyed because like there there's only so many way there's only so many times that like Shakespeare can be like robbed and like done over again under a new like flesh and new name and like people's like it's original like we we live in like brave and new times like let's have something that reflects the brave and new and instead of like the old and contrived and boring and sterile. All right. That got very cerebral for a conversation about like video game characters wearing anime titties and like anime titties. Yeah. All right. Well then we're going to move on past that. And we are going to talk about uh, another one of Dane's expertise, which is marketing, not just video games, not just anime titties, but video games, (laughs) but, but, uh, but box. So it says box office minions, the rise of Gru shatters 4th of July records with $125.1 million debut. Uh, and that's kind of just the setup for what we're going to talk about, which is basically like this is like the fourth, gaz- the four gaz- gazillionth Minions movie. And I do want to, I do laugh at the idea of people like wondering like, well, how does this movie make this much money? But Lightyear can't make like uh, it fell like si- another sixty four percent this weekend. But maybe the answer is in the marketing, in, in what we would call viral marketing. And that's this article here. It says cinema canceled future screenings of Minions after staff abused with objects thrown at them. And I just thought of Dane immediately, not because Dane throws objects at people. He doesn't, I swear. Uh, but because uh, it, it shows you the power of stuff like TikTok, of social media. And may Exactly. <laughs> so it says, a cinema was forced to cancel screenings of the latest Minions film after some stunningly bad behavior from people turning up in suits as part of a viral trend. Honestly, even in TikTok terms, this is a strange one, as you can see below. Do you guys remember like when flash mobs were a really big thing in like yeah. the 2010s? Yeah. Um, I tried to organize one and failed miserably. That, when yeah. people were like, we got to practice? And it was like, oh, <laughs> like dance, Like a lot of the dance trends that come out now were born out of like dance flash mobs that were very big back then. And that was the first thing I thought of when I saw this. It's just a lot easier to organize it and set up now. 
uh, because, of the, uh, because of TikTok and stuff like that. So it says, okay, there's a whole lot to unpack here, and it's very, very strange, but we'll try to get through it together. Basically, it seems as if, for whatever reason, loads of people have decided to turn up to watch Minions, The Rise of Gru, wearing suits and wreck the, uh, wearing suits and wreck the whole show by disrupting the film, even chucking stuff at the, sa- at the staff in some cases. These people who are calling themselves gentle minions <laughs> have, uh, have reportedly vandalized cinemas and left children in tears because of their shenanigans. Well, you don't ever want to produce shenanigans that leave children in tears. It's a bad thing. I can't help but find it hilarious. Of course you do. Of course you do. Well, it's like minions annoy us and now we're going to annoy you. I, I like it. It's organic. It's subversive it's just more proof that sentience amongst humanity is like v- a very <laughs> very very rare trait <laughs> like true npcs the I, gentle minions i think that 95 percent of the population is npc okay like i think that again like sentience is a rare trait i don't think i was sentient my whole life i think you that had an awakening of sorts I think, like, by some, like, miraculous reason, like, sentience was, like, brought upon me at, like, a certain point, and it comes from individualism, and, like, this is not individualism. This is, like, people following trends in order to be the the most popular individual to do it. Current thing. But, yeah, exactly. But they're, they're just, like, again, like, a drop in the ocean. Some people are, like, a tinted drop in the ocean, so it's, like, a yellow drop in the ocean, and that will be perceived as novel and interesting and brave and whatever. But I attribute it to this. It's, like, B-boops doing zeros and ones. Like, the, like uh, so I would love to know how they organize. So it says, it says uh, the only cinema uh, on the Channel Island has now resumed showing the film, the second installment of the utterly wretched yet inexplicably popular Minions franchise, but has announced conditions for anyone wanting to see the movie. On Facebook, the cinema informed anyone wishing to see the film uh, must book in person upon arrival, must not wear a suit, and that large groups of people without adults will not be admitted into the cinema. These uh, also added that anyone disrupting any of the showings will be booted from the premises immediately. The post explained, Following yesterday's post, we are tentatively putting Minions back on sale for families and anyone looking to enjoy the film. We deeply regret how difficult it may be currently for families and young children to plan to come and book for this film. Uh, the post added, uh, uh, a funny, As funny as we found it at first, we will not admit anyone wearing the suit in line with the TikTok trend. Yesterday, Mallard Cinema Manager Daniel Phillips, uh, Daniel Phillips Smith, told the BBC News, "It's been absolutely heartbreaking." Now, I think that's editorial. <laughs> like, come on, that's, that's so little, funny. That's hyperbole. The, the overreaction is what gets me. Um, <laughs> is this a British thing? Do you think? Do you think it is because they haven't released it here, right? Uh, I, I thought it was here. Yeah. It, Did they release yeah. it at the same time? It can't, it's out here. Yeah. It, like I said, it made 125 million this weekend. Oh, okay. Fourth of July. They don't have Fourth of July in Britain. <laughs> Take that. Maybe that means more of them are seeing it. Than that, us. So, so it says, uh, yeah. So, uh, it, do you think that that like a trend like this is indicative of like the ability to build organically? Now, you say it's because they're NPCs, or is it the ability for these franchises, when done right, to organically market through something like TikTok? But I it's, well, I disagree with what you said that it's like NPCs doing their zeros and ones because it's the same um, 
like inverted marketing campaign that they did with Morbin Time, where in a way you're just making the marketing executives the butt of your joke and confusing them with how to respond. Correct, but like one person comes up with a clever scheme as to, hey, you know what would be funny if we convince these people that this like garbage movie is in fact good. And one person does it and then the swarm of people be like, I like that. And like, you know, they, and they <laughs> act as if, and this is another example of that. It like to, to be like a little more kind, this, this can be like Jen, what's your generation again? Z. This could be like Jen C's like attempt to like confraternize with her. Did I say that word right? Fraternize. Yeah. Confraternize. Uh, I've never heard confraternize, just fraternize. That might, that might be in Spanish, though. Um, to fraternize with their fellow Gen C and, you know, like, have a social fun event in the real world. And to that end, I'm like, I, I commend you and, like, please continue to, like, meet in person and be human. But, um, you know, it's just, this is, like, what, what, what is different between this and, like, the Ice Bucket Challenge? The ice bucket challenge. Well, I don't know. The ice bucket challenge was originally something that people were doing for charity because you would ALS, either, yeah, yeah, you would either donate to uh, ALS research or you would do the ice bucket challenge. And then ultimately, it's done for people cloud, for, not people for forgot and or never even learned what ALS is Correct. or what they were being asked to, to <laughs> donate be, to. And for celebrities, it became a, a vapid way of self. Yeah, that's different. I think that this is. Uh, maybe a good thing like i have a good feeling about this because um just like with uh morbius we're like using this post-ironic humor to to dunk on them for uh, to dunk on like these franchises for doing these money grabs like you just release what this is the fifth Despicable Me derivative movie. I, I thought it was like, but oh yeah. Okay. Is it a dunk if you use yourself as proxy? To, if if I put myself on clown makeup, I'm like clown world, clown world. Like, did I did I in fact dunk? You know, you say? think you made a fool of yourself if you did that. I mean, and, you, and then the gentle minions are therefore making fools of themselves. They, they they've become what they hated. Is well, what do saying. you think that this is like positive for the the minions franchise? Like, this is an overall positive for them. This is like irrelevant to them. I would say it's got less to do with whether it's good or bad for it, but rather it's an organic uh, indicator of like where like of just how much. Um, clout the movie has right now for instance uh there was a lot of trends going on like when when top gun came out there was the trends of people walking into the movie looking normal and they come out with a mustache wearing like a mm -hmm. like a bomber jacket or with spider-man like there was a whole bunch of tiktoks about spider-man when spider-man no way home came out involving there's the one of like spider-man saves a guy and he's like holding the guy really tight and the guy has to make a face because they're like uncomfortably close chest to chest with like spider-man mm -hmm. like there's these organic but i think social that's media... because people enjoyed those yeah. movies not because they're trying to make fun of them which is the case like like i've seen so many tweets uh where people are just making a, a complete joke out of the idea that they would be excited to see this to see minions but the movie made like, a lot of money well, it made a lot of money because people it's the summer and people are taking their kids there too. That's a record breaking shut up for that's, 2 hours. That's a, but that's not just like a little <laughs> bit of money. That's Which a, I mean, it's just it's just true. Like yeah, it's making money, but um, Maybe I'm just sick of irony. I, I, like I, I love satire as everyone knows, but like it's like 
it's gotten to the point like if everything is ironic nothing is ironic you know it's like we wore suits to watch like a kid's show it's like okay well it can definitely go too far and until it's like not funny anymore i understand what you're saying and it's not even that it's not funny because most people aren't funny, but it's like um, that is very true. Very, very few. Be- you most people should strive to be amusing because like one in every hundred people is a legitimately, and th- even that might be a low estimate. That very re- like if you're in a, if you have a large group of friends, you probably know one person who is a legitimately funny individual, and the, but that re- recounting memes does not count as being funny because that's something somebody else came up with. Right. Uh, you may have good delivery, but very few people are actually legitimately funny people. Right. right? Like, so you're, you're right about that. Uh, but I think it, people should be aimed to be like pleasant. I think people should be aimed to be like courteous to their friends and uh, of, uh, to be real. I, like, I don't want to sound like Jordan Peterson. Like I'll, soon I'll be talking about how much I hate fact chicks, you know, if I'm JBP, but nothing. Sorry. Can, sorry. No not hot. hot. <laughs> But, you know, it's just... So don't you don't like gentlemen is because they're threatening polite society. <laughs> <laughs> we I, have become, now we have become the thing we hate. I don't mm. like it because it's just more l- lower common denominator of, like, we're, say, we're not follow. I don't know, like... Look, I, I don't know, like, they, they just, like, we're different. Like, you're we're not. We're subversive underdog trendsetters. You're not. Like, you are... you are... You mean? You are, you know cookie dough normie you know there's like i'm ready for rocky r- road normie i'm there's ready like for cookie dough return, normie. i'm your i'm ready for the return to normie like i'm ready for <laughs> well, to get back to normie society like uh, i i'm i'm over like um but normie moves where, where the world moves and and the world right now is like in an ironic like self-flagellating state and like here is the ironic normie, and they over here's the <laughs> self-flagellating normie. And where is like the people, you know, just trying to do novel art? Highest film opening over Independence Day. For like, so I don't think that that's a, now, now the the true indicator of whether this movie is actually. Uh, uh, I don't think making money makes it. Uh, I didn't say it made it like good. A movie of any value. I'm like ju- they just. Despicable I mean, it does make it of value. Despic- of, of monetary value, but not anything long-lasting. But we're talking about cultural influence right now, and one way to measure, a cult- measure cultural influence is how many people were willing to shell out money to go see it. Cultural influence right now. Yeah. Yeah, not I'm not saying long-term. down the line. I mean, it's... Despicable Me was successful ten over 10 years ago. Long time ago. Um... And now, like, there's something so derivative of it that, like, what are we even watching? They're, like, characters that don't speak. And it's making fun of you, basically, for even watching it. Like, that's why I don't mind a a meme campaign that, like, is... It just like with its Morbin time. Like, it's making fun of the idea that we're, we're, like, excited to see this trash. But you know what? Like, that criticism... I feel like it's ultimate. And by the way, I, this has been like a Dane doesn't shut the hell up episode, and I'm terribly okay. sorry. But like that criticism, like does not get to the ends we want. What we want is for art to be interesting again. And what we're learning is being a little edgy boy and edgy girl and being like, I like this ironically. <laughs> Only gets us more of it because I people, don't think it's creative. It's in itself. I like. For me, the point that it's creative or non-creative is irrelevant. Like, what I want is for, you know, I want 
another memento. Like, and, and I don't mean like me- mementos, the memento part two. I'm still confused. No, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was a great. Thank you. He means a movie yeah. uh, in the same uh, that says culturally impactful. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Okay. An interesting idea and a new one. So it says the latest trend uh, sees groups of lads donning their best clothes to watch Minions: Rise of Gru b- before documenting their experience on so on the social media platform. You can see an example below. It says once inside, the undoubtedly smart-looking bunch then sit in a row with their hands together, with only their fingers <laughs> touching, like uh, like just like Gru, uh, Gru does in the film. But the rowdier bunch of Gen Z cinemagoers have been seen to applaud and cheer throughout the film, prompting other viewers who are not part of the trend to request refunds at the box office. So there it's like it's like, it's the same as like people who went to see Spider-Man and got really excited, but there's something less organic about it. Like these kids are doing it because they're, they're part of a fun group of the people who are watching it. Um uh, I, I don't know if that's if that's what this I is. I think that is exactly okay. what they're doing. I mean, and how I want to counter what you're saying, Dane, is I think that they in a way Why fight me? Cuz I love to. I I, I love fighting with you. I know. Um same. how I want to counter what you're saying is in a way, they're expressing the same desire that you're expressing, that they want something new and original, and there's nothing on offer, and they're making fun of the trash that, that is being fed to them. I'm saying if, if you're organized enough to like put a suit with all your friends and watch a garbage <laughs> movie... Perhaps, which by the way, you still promulgate the problem. You like, you still push the problem. Yeah, you're, you're making it profitable. You freaking idiot! Like, try. Wh- I don't think they thought that far ahead. I know they don't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And so what? What I'm saying, like, let me think far ahead enough for you, okay? You bunch of zeros and ones. Try to make art of your own instead of through your mock mocking making it profitable and guess what there's not you know if the, if this minions movie is successful guess what there's gonna be another one yeah and and in the next one they're gonna like dress as like literally in in yellow and be like ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like make it even more profitable and then there's like too fast too minion and it'll never <laughs> stop you could make the argument that we kind of caused the same problem here by talking about these things uh and put bringing attention to problems or to things that we take issue with Granted, I, guess, I think we're being a little Fair. bit more. I think we're being a little bit more um, uh, open-ended about our discussion. Like we make it about a discussion about it, but we're still we're still contributing to the problem. Listen, I proposed to Tim the Danish handsome and stunning podcast, and he insisted on pop culture crisis. I know. Okay, so like, take your complaints Tragic. with him. Perfect. Because that would have been my idea for a podcast. So, uh, what should they have done rather than um, go to minions and dress up in suits? <laughs> I mean, are you asking a bunch of teenagers to like make art? I know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like yeah. I, Dane, we're, no, we, we have that, very high expectations of these kids. Because it'll be garbage, stupid, but like they'll kids. grow to make it good. They're stupid kids. I mean, everyone's I'm just saying, a stupid like, kid. People are plebs, and most people aren't capable of making art that resonates with with anyone else. But I'm not talking so, to the zeros and ones. I'm talking to the guy with, with the original idea who clearly minions. Yeah, who's cl- who clearly. <laughs> Like saw you know, because it's funny, right? It's funny, and like he had, ironically, his army of minions do it for him. And I'm like, weaponize. Well, I know nothing about this. Je- I I don't know who the uh, host of this thing was or who the mastermind is. Come on the pod. Come on the podcast. <laughs> we'll- 
Speak up for yourself. Exactly. So uh, I, I guess we'll, we'll have to see where the next trend goes. But I, I, this might be something I might be more interested in following just because I know you hate it so much, is the, the various, whether you think they're organic or not, trends that come out of promotion for these movies. Um, and we'll it, have to see where it goes. And understanding they're young kids and, like, had you seen me when I was 14, like, I <laughs> buddy, like, I, I, I'd be doing something probably worse than this. So, Perfect. you know. It is relatively harmless. Correct. Uh, I mean, other than the families who had their days ruined, but they got refunds. So, <laughs> all right, let's move on. It says Bethesda keeps offering jobs to Fallout London modders. Dan, you want to lead this one? Sure. By the way, this is like often here in Pop Culture Crisis, we we discuss like why is our oh, I was about to curse. I just love cursing. Why are things trash? And it's it, w this is like a common conversation we have. Like, why does this suck? Why does this suck? Why does everything suck? I love to ask the questions and offer no solutions. It's my job. Well, <laughs> it seems that someone has stumbled upon the solution inadvertently. By accident. By accident. Okay, so le let me read a little bit about this article. Bethesda keeps offering jobs to follow London modders. The DLC-sized mod has certainly caught the eye of Bethesda. I read that wrong, but like, sue me. Oh, I, 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 I transpose words sometimes. You just roll right through it, man. Sweet. The, the team behind Fallout 4's DLC-sized mod, Fallout London, has certainly caught the eye of Bethesda as the developers keep offering its members jobs. The Fallout London Twitter page shared an update below, which explained that the lead technical advisor, Ryan Johnson... Not to be confused with Ryan Johnson, who ruined Star Wars. Correct. No, this is a legendary GigaChat. ...would be leaving the modding team to start working for Bethesda. This marks the second time that we know of the developer has hired straight from Fallout London team. And blah, 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 blah. Not only that, but Fallout London's project manager, Dean Carter, was also offered a position at Bethesda UK's office to work at Fallout 76, though they declined in order to see the mod's development through to the end. And I emphasize that not because I am reading impaired. That is a side. That is to, like, prove a point. So this is just one example of several examples of beautiful, brave, and bold people on the Internet Fixing in a matter of hours what multinational mega corporations cannot do in years. It's like that guy who fixed uh, Superman's mustache face in Batman vs Superman, and uh, like he did it in like half the time. And in, in uh, Warner Brothers spent millions of dollars trying to CGI out Henry Cavill's mustache. Correct. It's because like the bu bureaucracy. And, you know, deadlines and meetings and, like, probably ESG scores stop people from actually, get this, doing their job. Yep. And this brave and beautiful person said, oh, thank you for the offer, but I'd actually like to do the thing that you'd be hiring me for because I am cognizant and smart enough to understand that you will hire me and then you will put me on a suit to watch Minions and watch the movie. <laughs> or in this case, send him on Zoom calls and force right. him to do a bunch of inane bureaucratic nonsense that prevents him from doing his job. It won't be done because like someone on your team wants credit for the project that you're doing. Uh, like your supervisor says, it's, by the way, no, no, like 
this is like common in corporate America. Like I'm sure like all of you that work normal jobs are very familiar with this. You know, like your boss says that it's a bad idea. Um, you know, it says, yeah, it sounds good, but I don't know how profitable it would be. Like right now we're doing too fast, too furious. It's all about family. You know, it's like, and that's making a S ton of money. Yes, so it it's like, by the way, another examples of things where like a brave and beautiful person independently has fixed something. A mother fake a mother fixed the loading times for Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm -hmm. Something that again a multinational corporation wasn't able to do. Um uh the Street Fighter Five, the I referenced the worst game of all time. Uh, a guy in six hours fixed the net code that again another large corporate 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 Corporation. Sorry. Corporation. Thank you. Oh my I was never gonna get this that. This is the one we were talking was, about yesterday, yeah. right? The yeah, so the Street Fighter Five the difference between the correct inputs is literally fractions of a second. Thus, if your online code is not good enough to register fractions of a second and like what happens before that, the outcome of a match will be like very irregular. And when in the post COVID world where most tournaments are gonna be online, your whole game has become discredited competitively. That's another fix. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV has been known for these fixes. And this is just another example of independent people being able to do what the corporations are incapable of doing. Thus, it comes to my conclusion, what would fix movies and media and everything outside of it? Get them away from these major corporations. Correct. It yeah. will not come from that. It will come from crowdsourcing Yep. actually talented and driven people to do actual talented and driven things instead of people doing things just for the lowest de denominator thing just for money the uh the and same th the same thing happened when somebody d uh, d8 when they did the de-aging from the mandalorian on luke skywalker um, somebody went through and like fixed it in, in a very short period of time, made a deep fake that was far better than the one that ended up on the show. Uh, think of like the how awful the Halo TV series was and then look at like the Halo fan films that have been done that are uh, objectively, from what I understand, far superior because they're passionate about the product itself and they're not restrained. You know, certainly they don't have the, like everyone makes the argument that, well, if you work for the corporation, the money is there to work on it. But that doesn't matter if it's strung, if it's um, hamstrung by uh, too many bosses, too many uh, people overseeing the project, too much uh, red tape preventing you from doing your job right. All the money in the world doesn't fix that. Creativity and control and, and control of your work helps fix that. Yeah, and like people think like everything in the world that throwing money at the issue will fix it. And it doesn't. And it doesn't because, okay, so now we've paid Will Smith a hundred and trillion dollars not to slap someone and what? To, to act a role that he has no understanding of. I'm, I'm being facetious as I tend to be, but like m my point is that if major actors don't give a beep about yep. the source material, do not be astounded when the source material is shit. I talked about that last time. It's like they, they look at it as a stepping stone for their career or their ability to put their own agenda and politics into it. Watch any of the Batman fan films and you will get a better understanding of who Batman is uh, far better than any studio has been able to create. Yeah, so absolutely. Yep. And so I think that giving 
ten million dollars to let's just say for example final fantasy to final fantasy fans on message boards i promise you my friends they will make a far superior final fantasy film than if you gave 150 million dollars to whatever director you're thinking of yeah so what do we uh so so in this case uh is I, this I have a question oh. uh do you think that Bethesda drawing upon uh Fallout London is and and actually like succeeding in in doing so speaks to like the corruption of creative and driven people like that they're kind of putting them on a on a conveyor belt to like take them for all the energy they have um but they're not actually like taking advantage of the gifts that they have. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. They're like, hey, we'll give you money. Why don't you do this? It's like, mm -hmm. well, I can't sit in my underwear, eat Cheetos and like grind six hours on the one nuanced detail that I want when I work in corporate America. I have to do what my boss wants me to. And like, you know, what has sometimes happens in corporate America is like your boss doesn't want you to do well. Because, hey, if, you're, if my underling is better than me, then it kind of calls into question, like, why am I in this position? And, like, it's kind of the, the egos and the deadlines and the whatever and the Zoom meetings and what we keep mentioning that stop these things from happening. And to your point, it's like it would take from the passion. And, the, and passion is what gets you this. Mm -hmm. what and all the other fixes. What they said about Johnson is he uh, finished all of his expected tasks as well as a few extra ones we didn't expect him to do. His professionalism and dedication will truly be missed throughout the team. Um, I don't think that that's something that would be appreciated in a more like corporate environment uh, where he is expected to only do what he's told. Yeah. It will only be appreciated in corporate environments once everything is done and the money rolls in. And it's like, wunderbar. Did, but I until mean, then, it's not. Did he move on for like ego's sake, money's sake? And like, is that, I mean, that seems to be ultimately like his fault. I mean, if he is, he's like one of these creative driven people. And then he sacrifices that to move on to something bigger like seemingly bigger and better well i mean if it's just, if he's looking for maybe he doesn't have quite the understanding we do of the of like the way the corporate structure is like maybe he doesn't realize that that's probably what's going to happen once he moves on hey man you know uh, I, I realize like creative people can have a, like a rose-tinted view of yes. how yeah. everything yeah. works and, and at the end of the day you need your bread buttered so yeah, like, he still needs to he still needs to make a living like that's mm -hmm. and that's the hard part. Like uh, so many people build so many of the things that they're passionate about on their time off. Right. That's why it, maybe that's why the passion shines through on something like that, because you're it's not your job. It's something you do because you're passionate about the product. And sometimes as hard as it is to understand that type of energy transfers onto the project without really understanding why, like. It doesn't have the budget. It doesn't have the same amount of uh, of people working on it. But something about the um, the energy, the passion from the people working on it shines through, and you don't really know why, but you know that it's there. And that's uh, maybe that speaks to the subjectivity of art. I don't know. Again, I, I still like the without exception. 
what like I bet like Christopher Nolan liked Batman. Um I I, I don't know that he cared a whole ton about Batman. I, I think that he cares about good storytelling. And I, I think he cares about characters as vehicles to tell good stories. Yeah, I'm not saying he had Batman posters and a Batman tattoo. What I'm saying is I know like, Ben Affleck had a Batman in his house and his own Batcave in and, his, and you know, and look at the garbage he made. <laughs> so like it, it it isn't like always like a surefire thing, but it's like a healthy respect for this will <laughs> this will continue forever. I will not ever <laughs> rescind my point that Ben Affleck was the second worst Batman in history. You were making a point. Continue. You're wrong about that one, but you had another point to make. That's it's fine. Yeah, th just like a healthy at least respect. Mm -hmm. For the source material is what's needed, and yep. like nothing else will ever, no money, no studio, no high tech equipment, nothing will ever substitute the value of that. These things are owned by gazillion dollar corporations now, which make that almost impossible. So that's why you said, like, you get a bat Batman or whatever simulacra. You're like, mm -hmm. you get like an empty suit walking around and saving crime, but not in the way that he would do it, not mm -hmm. with like the moxie he would do and it. we're not even talking about the the studio interference and the and the notes from producers and you have to meet this quota and that quota right. and you have to reach this goal and that goal uh there is a uh a, a sort of um conveyor belt line there's to this all type that of production. stuffy uh aspect to it and then they want they cling to the like projecting the appearance of creative destruction. I don't even like the turn to like creative destruction is a more authentic creativity yeah. than working off of something that's already been created, created and, and trying to uh, put your own unique like spin on it. And the worst part is that they want to pretend like they're all still huge fans of these things when everyone knows it's basically just a, a conveyor yeah. belt um, a factory line of products now that are being made for the means of, uh, I mean, you know, they still have to make their money back. They still have to make their, uh, I still get, I get that, but I hate the idea that they fake and pretend to still be that passionate about this stuff when they're very clearly not. So, yeah. All right. Let us, uh, let's move on and, and let's, uh, what's Ezra Miller doing today? My goodness. It's been, we have to, we, if we, <laughs> I, I, I want to create, uh, like the, the thing you have at your work that says like, it's been this many days since the last workplace accident. And it's going to say it's been this many days since the last Ezra Miller incident. Just leave it at zero perpetually. Just leave it at zero. So it says, <laughs> uh, Ezra Miller offers to knock out retail worker, uh, in resurfaced TikTok. Now let's point out that, uh, as me and Mary always do that resurfaced is not a thing. Can we show the video? Uh, I believe we should be able to show the TikTok. I'm not making a TikTok. I don't want to make a TikTok, says Jerry Seinfeld. All right. That's an option I present people always. Hi. Always just knock you out, and then you won't have to panic. Right. You just got to knock you just let off. me know. Yeah. No? Yes? What? <laughs> <laughs> it was so awkward. And then the <laughs> it was so awkward. The yeah. kid, the the kid at first was like, yeah, 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 and then he's like, wait, what? And then the kid commented that he, the first thing he said was like, he was nervous, but he wanted a picture. He like told Ezra Miller, I like, I'm nervous, but like, can I have a picture? And this is immediately where Ezra Miller takes it. Where he's like, oh, you're nervous? I Violence. can just punch you so you won't be nervous anymore. Violence. You'll be so focused on how much your face hurts. Can we organize a charity fight between me and Ezra Miller? Yes. Yes. 
Uh, uh, wh- who who are you donating to? Who like whoever? The Ezra Miller Foundation. No. Can I, can I posit a, a scenario? If he had said, if he had j- in jest said, "How about you punch me, and then you won't be nervous anymore?" Would that That'd be, be d- funny? That would be that would be yeah. That'd be different, right? Slapstick. Like, like uh-huh. uh, okay, so. Because uh, he's way, looking for an excuse. That's every day it seems of Ezra's violent. life is he, he's looking for the next excuse to to lash out at people. Uh, it says the actor stayed out of the public eye over the past few months as they faced accusations for their behavior. As parents of an 18-year-old have accused Miller of brainwashing their daughter. I do like the idea that he's like a, now a supervillain, where he's like he's not just a bad person; he's brainwashing and like uh, like they called it jet set abuse. Yeah, that was that's my new that's a, that's a great term for it, for it. But I, I think he should start carrying around like you know how like rappers carry around like uh, like lean. He should start carrying around Kool Aid. Um, it says no, no, no. Okay. Uh, it says uh, the video, but now remember, guys, the video is not recent. It is from 2020, uh, and has racked up 3.5 million uh, million views on that platform alone. The 10 second clip shows a young man attempt to take a selfie with Miller, who appears to be mid conversation conversation with someone else. When Miller notices the camera on him, and they tell the person holding the camera, always just not, uh, yeah, knock you out, and you won't have to panic. I think part of it's also him thinking he's edgy, and he's trying to be mysterious and cool and like i put people off and he doesn't know people don't know what to think of me and he's just lame he's just boring he's like army hammer yes like he's he's more excited by the idea that you know people think of him as a villain he's a douche doing a disservice to the people he's trying to represent yeah, that's that's a huge part of it. Is he's just well, like who is he trying to represent? Uh, I, I think part of it is like well, he's saying because if if he considers himself uh, transgender, non-binary, yeah. he's trying to like lean into this kind of avant-garde, uh, unique personality that isn't real. It's just it's very clearly a creation made by him to portray because he's a an boring person because he's actually boring and he's like he's actually putting on a front. Says the uploader appears to be a comic book fan as the hashtags and some of the comments refer to other things within the DC universe. He makes reference to Batman's contingency plan and reverse flash, but also explains some of the details behind the video. I asked them for a picture and then, yeah, he goes on to that. So what could he have done to be less boring? As, uh, if, we were to, if we were to Monday morning quarterback Ezra Miller's life, and say, like, here, you don't need to be a weirdo who, like, threatens cops with hate crimes uh, and abuses children. You don't have to do that to be unique, dude. You could just, like, what if he just, like, started a family? That'd be pretty No. Do not, Ezra Uh, Miller, do not start a family. Do not start a family. I mean, I'm half kidding. I'm saying, like, what if he had been, like, I'm I'm saying that You're saying, like, what if Ezra Miller did something that's actually unexpected? Yes, rather than doing what everybody expects him to do, which is uh, fake edgy boy humor. I mean, it would certainly be appreciated. I think it's it's so obvious that he's just like one of these fake artsy types. Is he even artsy? You were the Flash. Remember, like, fake. No. Like I, he he was on like perks of being a wallflower and like. And remember, he had the when he was like, he's like he was at the gallery and he's like everybody else wants to talk about pop culture. He's like, I want to talk about philosophy. Like, he's that's just th- like he's like Jaden Smith. Like all of these, like Army Hammer. Jaden oh my Smith. god, he is like Jaden. All Smith. of these people. They think they're a lot. They want to project this image that they're so interesting and artistic and unique, and that they somehow deserve their fame. Maybe but it's like imposter syndrome. Then, if you just 
acted well and promoted your work well, which you're not able to do. <laughs> because you won't be allowed to be involved in the promotion. Yes, yes. Uh, per, per WB, where they, they basically talk about how uh, they're like, we're going to have to use uh, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck to promote The Flash because who's going to, like, they're not going to allow female reporters in there. They Who knows what Ezra Miller will do to them? What they is, like, a similarly... Uh, like, what is a movie that's similarly just one character focus where, like, they're in every single scene and you can't that's have, like, an ensemble of people promoting it? It makes o- it only makes sense to imagine, have them promoting it. Imagine Iron Man with if Robert Downey Jr. was still doing drugs and being a general menace to society and not, like, this, like, bastion of, like... Uh, goodwill that he's become. It would be Ezra Miller. It would be Ezra. Like, it, like, what if Tom Cruise didn't promote Top Gun? <laughs> he's like, too busy, like, fr- like creeping out your kids and and like and threatening <laughs> and like offering to punch you. Like, granted, I guess he did jump on a few couches back in his day, but that's an often misremembered incident. It, like, I'm just saying, it obviously doesn't make sense for him to not be promoting this movie and you're also placing the other stars in a such a difficult situation because you know that they're going to be asked about him every single interview and well, no it, it will it will actually like they're like we're going to test your levels of shillness media we are going to test just how in our pocket you are can you go through an entire interview with Ezra about Miller Flash, of, without about, mentioning without mentioning the guy who played him no, no, like, I, no, imagine, no, 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 it's different. I'm saying they actually bring Ezra Miller in for the interview and they're oh. like, can you do this interview and not mention grooming? Dakota Iron Eyes, the 12 year old in Massachusetts, uh, the weird tw- posts on Instagram where you talk about being from another dimension, uh, all the guns and weed at your house with kids around. Can you not mention any of these incidents and keep a straight face without? Like like flinching every time he moves because you're afraid he's gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> Can you do it? I bet Ezra like barely even remembers the filming of this movie. It's been so <laughs> it's been long. So long. <laughs> he looks like a completely different person. But don't worry, guys, because it says as for the actor, Variety sources say that said Miller hopes to talk about the accusations against them in the future, but they're taking some time for themselves to focus on their health and healing over the coming months. What about the health and healing of the people you keep I'm, punching? I'm just picturing him, like, with, cu- like, thinly sliced cucumbers over <laughs> his eyes and, like, a face mask, and he's, like, having a spa day. He's, like, healing. <sighs> healing and then like he's like there's like a like a, a lady on the floor because he threw a chair at her because she put the things on his face wrong yeah uh, healing you filed my nail wrong exactly, <laughs> exactly like he's like it's one of those things where the incidents are like the stuff about grooming we had to cover because it's so serious and it's so it's so effed up right like the the stuff he's accused of but so much of it feels like mad libs like he throws a chair at someone because the cowboy costume. He shows back up in a cowboy costume and talks about the Rastafarian roots of Parcheesi. This isn't a real person. This is a simulation Tobacco glitch. Tobacco is sacred on my like I'm a I'm a maker of planets. Tobacco is sacred. Yes. Like he's not a real per, it's not a real thing. This I think this this might actually be the simulation glitching and it's I all mean, just he failing. clearly does need help. I just don't think he wants any. No. All right. Uh, did you know that Rihanna is now America's youngest self-made billionaire? Incredible. Uh, boots Kim Kardashian. I'm assuming they mean Kim Kardashian. Uh, she's. Uh, oh, she's. Saying, That's cool. Brand. Like, when's when are I you ever gonna make music again, though? When was the last time she released an album? 
like wasn't it 2016 like 2015 and most of this is coming from fenty right like that's yeah uh, she has fenty beauty and skincare and also like lingerie and, and like loungewear you know i'm okay with like 20 year old artists like leaving when, when they're ahead like uh i really hate when, when you know i mean besides well, the I rolling stones like everyone else that like comes back and like does art is like overwhelmed beyond cringe is like a word that I can't even fathom. What does the term, in this case, uh, I guess by self-made, they just mean that she didn't inherit the wealth, right? That she built the wealth her own, on, herself, on her own. So it says, the, the 34-year-old singer recently made Forbes' annual list of America's richest self-made women for the third year in a row, ranking 21st overall. She's the only billionaire under 40 on the list. The next youngest billionaire on the Forbes list is, the, is Kardashian, who is 41, whose net worth is $1.8 billion. Uh, it reminds me of uh, when every few years the WWE would be like, it's the youngest WWE champion of all time. Of course, it's like planned beforehand. And it's like an outcome. But uh, it'll eventually be a baby. Like, uh, yes, that would be that would be great. Uh, so, yeah, it says in March, Bloomberg reported Savage X Fendi's lingerie company was working with advisors on an initial public offering that could value the company at $3 billion. Does it ever feel like some of the numbers they throw out for these companies are just, like, ridiculous and fake? Like, a lot of times I'm reading, like, <laughs> I read a lot of, like, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, and you see these media holding companies that sell for, like, eight figures, and they own, like, five properties in a podcast. And you're like, how did that, where is that price getting pumped from? It's insane. Uh, yeah, and I don't. Hers understand. obviously is different. I don't understand why her um, her personal brands have been so successful when there is like such an oversaturation of celebrity makeup, skincare, fashion, yeah. uh, loungewear, everything you can imagine. Hers just kind of seemed to be like, if you did it earlier than a lot of other people, then it it was a success because you had. Uh, head start but um even before her there was already like a celebrity license everything yeah. perfumes makeup everything is she is she one of those people that you think is like generally like good for them or does she bother you i'm indifferent uh, i'm 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 indifferent to yeah, same to Rihanna. I, I'm I'm mostly indifferent. I mean, I say good for her. I mean, it's proof that you can literally like. Uh, I, I talk about this a lot whenever people complain about like uh, the the glass ceiling here. I <laughs> there's always these arguments where they're like, uh, you can't do it if you're this. You can't do it if you're that. But then there's these examples where it very clearly proves that you can do it uh, if you're this or if you're that. So like, make up your mind. I I don't like that she's clearly uh, in a relationship with a guy who's basically an underachiever in comparison to her. 21 Savage? Uh, ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky, yeah. um, I mean, he is still, like, currently, uh, yeah. like, doing criminal things and is, like, yeah. in trouble with the law while she is literally, like, pregnant with their child. And she is a self-made billionaire who puts up with it. it it's odd. I don't think it's such a good example. Um, and... I understand what you were saying, Dane, about, like, it good for anyone who, like, gets out early because they can. Um, and she was, like, still in her 20s when she released, what was it? Was it Anti? Music. <laughs> the only Anti was her last album, I think, um, in 2016. And mm. she was still in her 20s when that came out. That was the last thing she released. Um, so I, mean, I say like, good for her. Good for her for, like, 
Yeah, yep. like starting her own thing that, that's not owned by anybody else. I just wish there was a little bit more consistency in like either either this country is like irredeemable and nobody can make it and nobody can get ahead and the glass ceiling is this tall and everybody fails or these things are real and you have to acknowledge them. Uh, I mean, I don't think she's some kind of example of the American dream or anything. Uh, that would be me. That would be Dane. So, all right. Uh, before, yes. before we finish up, I do want to talk quickly about um, Travis Scott is no longer up to his antics at concerts. I'm sure on the advice of a lawyer, um, it says Travis Scott uh, stops concert and orders fans to stop dangling from trusts because he learned his lesson uh, and he's being sued into oblivion right now Ironic. for to the tune of over a billion dollars. Uh, it says Travis Scott stopped his show Monday night uh, because several fans put themselves in danger and it's impossible not to think about the tragedy at Astro World when looking at the video. Travis opened for Meek Mill at the Coney at the Coney Art Wall in Coney Island. He took the stage at around 8 p.m and uh, DJed and then performed. The crowd was packed in so much so that the, a couple of concert goers climbed up on a lighting truss and dangled as they watched Travis perform. One of the fans uh, must have planned ahead as he was wearing a Spider-Man costume. Good for the <laughs> Spider-Menace. Uh, I imagine, yes, we should have J. Jonah Jameson saying, oh, get down from there, Spider-Man. This is like the old, the person that was doing this is like the older brother of the kid that was like with a suit, like doing the Minions thing. It's like, this was <laughs> like they're all the Equally same. Equally NPC like they, they, I'm, I'm picturing yeah. them like going out of their house at the front door and the, the little brother goes talk. right to the Minions concert and the older brother goes left to the Travis Scott <laughs> concert. <laughs> uh, and then there was another one. I don't know if it was Adele or there was another thing that I was reading this weekend about somebody who stopped a concert multiple times this weekend so that they could like stop. But like, I'm just picturing like concerts are now just huge virtue signals. Oh, you mean uh, Halsey? Or? Was it Halsey? No, it wasn't Halsey. Uh, it, it could I think it was her that she was like talking about abortion and like everyone. Like, no, no, this was over like like Re more recently than that one. This was like yeah, I just read it today and it had something to do with like stopping people because they like looked like they were un like unhealthy like for reasons like they for it was virtue signaling not about oh, uh, about yeah. that it was more about just like look how good of a person i am for stopping this concert and and you know so now Billie people, eilish does that a lot too yes yeah, that was the like that was she, the first person we covered when doing that it's such she a virtue stops shows if she thinks like someone got like slightly mm -hmm. pushed in the crowd and my in my I no one looks more depressed than her like i don't like she is like She's always like <laughs> sad and droopy eyed and like, I don't know. And I posited the scenario that attention seeking minions will one day pretend to have like a seizure so that Billy, they can get Billy Eilish to stop the concert. I, I don't, I hate that. Like everyone is like kind of soft like that now, yeah. but also, um, get in the mosh pit. And <laughs> if it breaks your legs, your leg, it breaks your legs. That's the lost show on must a go lot on. of people, isn't it? Yep. I don't know a lot about like the Astroworld incident. Uh, and whether Travis Scott was like aware of it, as aware of it happening as you have to watch claim. the video. But like, I think that to the extent he was aware that there was chaos and people getting hurt, he let it go on because he like felt edgy by doing so. He has a long reputation of like yeah. encouraging that behavior at his concerts. Which, to be fair, there's a fine line between incitement and just being an entertainer who is doing his job and it but should be security's job exactly. to keep people safe not another performer. another example of hollywood having just who are they literally going to the bottom of the yelp pile to hire their security guards there's oscars right. slap there's uh dave Chappelle. 
uh, stabby stab. Like literally, like and where are Britney they hiring Spears these home invasion? Britney Spears' house gets invaded by her ex-husband. Where are they finding these security guards? Craigslist. I think they are. Probably. And the video killed me uh, from, from the Britney Spears incident because they literally were just following him around, like, tepidly being like, can you go away? Like, Could you leave, please? While you're like trespassing you in someone's home. We don't like you here. Could you leave, please? <laughs> Please, if you could, I, I would like it very much. <laughs> Mrs. Spears has a very big day today. Uh, she's got a wedding. Could she's you very please excited. be I'm her husband. I know that you're her ex-husband, but if you could please leave, we would be very grateful. Please, sir, please, please leave. We're still married. So, <laughs> so at least it wasn't Kevin Federline. I, I, I imagine that oh, that's... God. Like, hey, no, no, no. If, if we have to imagine that uh, Kim and, and Kanye get back together, I want Britney and K-Fed to get back together. Bring oh, back the 2000s. That that, that's iconic. the same kind of logic that makes you think that Ben Affleck's a good Batman. <laughs> There's no logic behind your comparison there, but okay. At least I look cute while doing it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Dane, let everyone know where they can find you on social media. We're wrapping up for the day. I think fun on Twitter. But, guys, I am not only a Brett Stan and a Mary Simp. I am also a Shane Cashman super fan. And uh, I believe that you guys will be watching this on Friday, which means that very, very soon when you're watching this, the second episode of Tales from the Inverworld season two will be out. I encourage everyone to like watch it and subscribe like this season is incredible and like the whole team is doing great work comments have been great i've been reading the i uh, shane was showing me some of the comments it's it's great to see it's doing so well yep so mary where can they find you you can find me on instagram or wechat at closer kitty whenever i post articles on timcast.com i promote them there and i just want to say it's been so lonely and heartbreaking <laughs> to not hear your chats today but we're going to be live later, so I'm, I'm going to be fine. Don't that, worry about me. That was what I was about to say next. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching this pre-recorded episode. And it does feel weirdly lonely not to be interrupted <laughs> uh, every few minutes with people giving us their take on things, which is uh, once you get into that, like that becomes part of the show as much as anything else. So this has been a, a unique experience. But thank you guys for uh, bearing with us while we get through this uh, little off-kilter week. But we will be back next Monday live. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And from there on out, the show should not be interrupted Monday through Friday right here on YouTube.com. It is Pop Culture Crisis. We are also on social media. We are on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis, Instagram at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. And if you listen to the show still, which some people still do, we are on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. We will be back with another episode on Monday. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.